BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union could help you to earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you can start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Navy Federal also offers equity loan options to help you get the funds you need to consolidate high interest debt, work on home improvements, or cover any of life's big expenses. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, their members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender, membership required. Terms and conditions apply, loan subject to approval. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. I'm Matt. And today, we're talking top-tier gas, credit freeze failure, and bad news for budgeters. Pretty excited talking about top tier gas, dude. Get some I, I felt the energy <laughs> coursing, <laughs> shooting across the table. Our listeners felt that energy coursing through their earbuds. It's top tier gas, Matt. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny. Pro- people probably don't know that's actually a designation of a type of gasoline. It's trademarked, <laughs> and it's important for you to know about. It. It's something we, I don't know if we've ever really talked about on the show. I don't think we have actually. It feels like that's the kind of topic that my dad's going to be really into. <laughs> so I think it's been a minute since he's listened, that's, but he's going to be excited that we are talking about. Let's be honest, honest. Boomers are our main audience. <laughs> uh, by the way, I think this just uh, this came they, out. They actually are a good part of our real audience. We oh love, yeah, we no, love you. I love boomers. I wasn't yeah. going to acknowledge your joke. Uh, your <laughs> your statement there. I know what you're saying. I wanted to, to mention, we've touched on this in previous months, but I guess the IRS officially announced that the maximum contributions that you can make to a Roth IRA, or not a, not a Roth, just to an IRA, generally speaking, to a 401k, that they officially increased those limits as of, I think, a couple days ago. Yeah, 500 bucks each. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So IRAs are up to $7,000 now. 401ks are up to $23,000 starting, talk- starting next year. Yeah, starting in January. We talked about this, though, back in August. And I don't know. I remember we came across a legit source. And I don't know if we found somewhere on the IRS's website where that inf- where there's a leak or something like that. But <laughs> I, I know. know 100% that we told folks, hey, $7,000, yeah. start preparing for that next year. It's I, so funny because the press release literally came out November 1st, but you and I, ha- I remember I thought, us talking about it, and I remember yes. us seeing it somewhere. Where in the world did we get it? I don't know. I, I, maybe, think, maybe I think it like, slipped through and... You've got contacts over there at we're, the IRS. We're maybe, hot on the trail. Maybe you got a personal <laughs> a personal DM from the guy who's the head of the IRS or well, something. Well, 
uh, I don't think we talked about 401ks. I know we talked about IRAs being 7,000 because I like those those nice even numbers. Yeah. That, that's it. I think that's I'm, we're having the same conversation because I think I remember talking about I, if I had my druthers, I would I would have them up it to seventy two hundred dollars because that makes it there you go even make easier it divisible right? by twelve exactly why would you not uh, make it nice and easy for folks yeah but uh, obviously the IRS <laughs> does not care about marketing or yeah. beha- the behavioral side of economics they're only looking at they should hire us to boring, advise them boring <laughs> <laughs> old numbers but I don't want to work for the IRS no yeah I like working for you but th- I think I think you like working for me yeah it's good. No, <laughs> a good symbiotic relationship well it's i think it's just good to note and obviously not like tons of folks out there are able to max both but if you can max both oh. that's 30 grand a year so going good. into those retirement accounts i love it and so even if you can't now maybe uh, the goal is to max out the roth ira seven grand next year and and, and get the match at least in your in your 401k mm-hmm. and then the next goal is like keep adding more into the 401k maybe one of these days maybe a few years from now you can max both of them out that'd be awesome yep let that be your goal yeah let's get on to uh, move on let's get to uh the friday flight the sampling of stories we found interesting this more week. great stories yeah more helpful advice yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about consumption to start with there's a lot of interesting stories by the way that we got to talk about today um, but there was this article in the atlantic uh, this week it was called the junk is winning and the writer of this article she's she's not wrong matt like we we live in an era where we're being sold stuff all the time like every time we go online every click of the mouse every swipe of the finger it feels like someone is trying to get inside of our wallets and we're even referred to as consumers you know we try to avoid that language although it does get used sometimes on the show but that's largely because the economy runs on our ever-present ability and desire to consume more and more right mm-hmm. and so uh, this writer specifically referenced the fact that you can now buy crap and i use that term intentionally you can truly buy crap on tiktok real dookie uh like fake like roblo like fake literally you can buy crap (laughs) just like honestly just the the kinds of things being sold on there are not um long-lasting treasured heirlooms is what i'm trying to get at and we talked about the fact that you can buy stuff on tiktok uh recently how that's turning into kind of a a consumer site a la instagram Mm -hmm. well the tiktok shop they're taking it to a whole nother whole nother level that's right than just an ad where oh by the way you can go ahead and click this and takes you to an external site yeah And, and then there are other sites that aren't necessarily social media related like uh, Chinese sites in particular like Wish and Temu and they've taken the race to the bottom to another level. We don't talk about those that much because again it's mostly cheap crap and so uh, she actually ends the article by saying that and I quote a lot of the things that can be made to seem glamorous or ingenious in a two minute video would be better off delivered (laughs) directly to Goodwill to which you will inevitably donate them. At least you'd save yourself a future uh, in Aaron in the future, right? That's incredibly and, true. And, and I think she's spot on. It's yep. like it, there's, a, there's a way that social media and that advertising and marketing glamorizes things and that $7 jacket or $2.50 t-shirt or something like that or the fake poo, whatever it is, uh, it just sounds, it seems so fun and, and goofy and like, oh yeah, oh, but why not? I'll, I'll, I'll click to purchase. But uh, just I think just remember that next time you're, you're tempted to purchase something on a whim. Yeah, it makes it seem glamorous. It simultaneously makes it seem more personal because that's the inherent nature of social media. You've got people who you follow and because you follow them, it feels like you know them. Yeah. And it truly makes me think back to like back in the 80s, and back in the 90s, QVC, the Home Shopping Network. This was, it was a massive industry and folks were getting pulled and sucked into the same sort of behavior. And we can look back now and kind of laugh at it. It seems it seems silly. And now when you are, you know, you get something that's recommended to you by an influencer, it feels more personal. It's like you've got a friend 
who's saying, hey, th- this is something you need. A friend like, with insider knowledge. You didn't realize this, but I know you, and they don't know you, A. And <laughs> B, you need this. By the way, you don't need that. And I'm curious how long it's going to take before we look back at this sort of era that we're in currently. And we laugh at it in the same way that we look back to the Home Shopping Network yeah. and just the useless stuff that folks were buying back then that they're also doing now. Because uh, in reality, it truly is exactly, it's the, it's, it's the exact same model. It's just following. Just the, the new version. This, it's the new version. And it's following the same path that media has taken, just the atomization where it feels like you are going directly to an individual as opposed to everybody yeah. logging onto the watching the same network. And the, the problem is, though, it's like there are these tentacles like and because of who we follow and the things we watch and how we scroll. They've got their hooks in us, and it's really cookies specifically, right? Yeah, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's what they've got in us. It's hard to resist. Yeah, and I, but I, I think we have to like think about the last ten things you you bought. Maybe even go actually look at your Amazon purchase history or whatever. Maybe the thing you actually did buy on TikTok shop. Look at the things in the past and be like, do I actually use that? Is it that I get my money's worth? Was it valuable for me? And I think maybe looking back at those prior purchases can help inform future purchases and can give us maybe like uh, take off the rose colored glasses <laughs> and help us see sure. through a clear glass painting like through reality how much it helps or or hurts totally yeah so this makes me think of another article we came across this week in Kiplinger about financial fasting and I'm not sure if now is actually the perfect time (laughs) for this given the upcoming holiday season uh, given the likelihood almost everyone out there listening is going to buy at least something for uh, a family member for a friend but even still I think it's a good idea to start planning one of these one of these financial fasts perhaps for the new year maybe come January uh, because we've gotten so used to shopping when we are bored right it's just the default reaction we whip out the phone you start scrolling uh you know that i think a lot of us have developed a reflexive habit when it comes to purchasing stuff and so i think a financial fast just a period of time where you are refusing to spend any dollars at all even if it's just for a couple of days i think that can start to unwind that cycle i think it can help to uh, detach you from that consumeristic impulse as i was saying detaching i was picturing Neo detaching from the <laughs> from the Matrix. I mean, it feels it's like a, that. It's a lot like that. It's, it's almost that radical of a move. Yes, and I think this can help you to you know figure out how to spend much more mindfully while simultaneously allowing you to make bigger progress on some of the other money goals that you might have, like like paying down debt or actually achieving something big, something something noteworthy as opposed to something like you said yeah. or like the writer said that she's just going to end up donating directly to Goodwill. So I know it's not like January 1st, but maybe now is a good time to put a few dates on the calendar and talk to your spouse or your, your best friend or something and say, hey, listen, what about that second week in January or the first week in January or whatever it is, or maybe the first two weeks in January? Can we put those on the calendar and commit to, to doing something like this? Because I think it can, like you said, help kind of rewire our brains in a certain way. And Matt, a couple of years ago, you know, we did, uh, we, did we had a couple of money challenges that we that we put forth to people. Maybe we should reinstitute that at the beginning of 2024 as well. Give people another kind of a how to money push to all do these things where like the sell your stuff challenge and the max your Roth challenge and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll, we'll again, maybe we'll put it out there in the newsletter or something like that and offer all those forms up again, obviously free of charge, just to kind of help you have uh, a schedule to keep to and a challenge to to put yourself up against because I think that can be really powerful too when it comes to actually getting the job done. Totally. Yeah. Okay. So we've talked about credit limits before. And of course, when you have a low amount of credit that's available to you, that can negatively impact your credit score because if you use that credit card too much, right? If you are getting close to that limit each month, it's going to cause your credit utilization to go up 
which is going to harm that all-important three-digit credit score. Uh, so we've talked about how you can call your credit card company. You, you can simply ask them for an increase on that limit. Oftentimes, they'll say, yeah, of course, and it'll help you to improve your score. But there's also the downside to higher credit limits. Not surprisingly, banks are realizing that if they up individuals' limits, that they're going to go ahead and they're going to spend. They're going to consume more. They're going to put more on their credit cards. And they'll often not pay off that balance on time and in full, which is one of our golden rules. Uh, we've actually got an article about the golden rules to, <laughs> to using credit cards that we'll link to in our show notes. And so the reason we wanted to bring this up is because the flyers that you get in the mail where there are banks saying, hey, you've been a great customer. You've utilized this card. What about this card? And in the back of your mind, you're on one shoulder. You have Matt and Joel saying, yeah, that'll increase your credit. That'll decrease your credit utilization rate because you'll have more credit available to you. But just because that's being offered to you doesn't necessarily mean that that's something that you should pounce on. Even receiving a, an email, just a notice from your credit card company, if they're saying, hey, uh, you've been a valued customer. How about we up that from 12000 to 15000 to 16000 You might be tempted into thinking, oh, yeah, this is a one-way ticket to 850 land <laughs> <laughs> or whatever yeah, credit score you're trying to attain to. But you can also be tempted down a path of spending. And like yeah. we're talking about, we're surrounded by companies who want to part us from our dollars at, uh, as they're trying to you know, hawk their wares. Yeah. So it, it is a double-edged sword more than I even realized because I didn't. I didn't necessarily assume that people saw that as a green light to spend more, but it turns out people do. And and it, it shouldn't be. It really is. The only reason for like a high credit limit on your uh, on your credit card is, in my mind, to help boost that utilization radio, ratio to give you a higher credit score. Um, but a lot of people see that as like a challenge <laughs> to see, to rise to the occasion to see if they can spend up to that full amount or something, it sounds like. <laughs> like oh, looks like I'm a baller now. Which got to start spending like a baller. Right, which makes sense, I guess, <laughs> in America, given how we handle money as a culture. But it's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. And we want how to money listeners to take advantage of a higher limit, but don't let that ruin your discipline or do anything actually to your spending, you're still budgeting like normal and you're still paying off that balance on time and in full at That's the right. end of every month. Mm -hmm. And we actually have more to get to on credit, uh, in, in particular, something nefarious that TransUnion has done. We'll, we'll talk about that in just a bit. All right, well, let's talk about top tier gas. There was an article on Yahoo, which apparently still exists, and they they, they wrote specifically about this, this concept of top tier gas. And I was like, I know about top tier gas, but how come we've never talked about it on the show before? We really need to. And top tier gas is essentially a superior version of gas that you can put in your car and it's better for your engine. There was a, a AAA study and it found that top tier gas keeps your engine 19 times cleaner than putting in alternate gas, which 19x, it basically, not 19% right, cleaner, 19 right. times cleaner. <laughs> so it's so much better. It's because they put certain detergents yeah, in yeah. the fuel that makes it better for your engine. So, uh, but here's the thing. Not every gas station sells it. For instance, Costco does, but Sam's Club doesn't. QT does, but Bucky's does not. So if you're a Bucky's fanatic, well, maybe go just for the <laughs> just for the candy and the soda Bar fountain. I don't know. Barbecue, I Bar guess. the barbecue, yes, for the barbecue uh, and bikinis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love the Bucky's bikinis. Are you getting one for which your we, wife? Which we say because we joked about us getting our wives. Yeah. those last year before our summer oh. summer beach trip. If if they're on, if they go on sale or something, <laughs> that would make a good white elephant gift. Okay, but you, you really don't want to pay more for top tier gas. You don't need to. When you look at the numbers, top tier gas costs on average three cents more a gallon. So, it, but it's it's a negligible price difference. But actually, when you're talking about it being sold at Costco, it's Costco gas is cheaper than basically anywhere else out there. So it is around uh, here. And, yeah. and, and the thing is, 
buying top tier gasoline could save you a meaningful amount of wear and tear on those engine components, which means it's frugal, not not cheap to, yeah. to buy the top tier gas. And there's a website, toptiergas.com. We'll link to that in the show notes where you can look to see which gas stations sell this better version of gas. And yeah, in my mind, it's just another reason to be a Costco member, fill up there if it's convenient. But, yeah. but at minimum, look to see, okay, if it's a deciding factor between a few different gas stations in your area where you do the bulk of your filling up, if one sells top tier gas and one doesn't, that's where you want to go. Yeah, or you can just squirt a little bit of uh, dishwashing detergent in your uh, next time you're filling up. I don't up your think tank. that's how it and, works. Uh, I think that'll help it to stay clean as well. Yeah. That's <laughs> going to lead to some one-star <laughs> reviews, I think, Matt. By the way, this is different. It's funny we're talking about gas. I recently discovered that how important ethanol-free gas is, specifically when it comes to small engines, like if you've got a, a generator oh, or yeah. a, a motor that you, uh, that you rarely use, even like a boat, because so ethanol it's derived from corn, mm-hmm. uh, but it is an alcohol and it it's corrosive to like a small engine parts and so oftentimes that is what will cause small engines to fail it's the fact that it's sat there over time and that that uh that gasoline that has and almost all gas has ethanol in it just a small amount and it's totally fine for like our modern engines evidently i don't not like a pro on this but if you are looking at something like you said a lawnmower or in my case it was a generator and that's when i learned that oh from, from now on i need to I need to make sure I am putting ethanol free gas. And there's a yeah. website actually that we'll link to as well that uh, where you can punch that in and find gas stations locally that sell that that way. There's you're a not. website for everything. For, for everything. <laughs> Can you believe it? So, yeah, we're talking about gas prices. Maybe we're kind of talking about travel here a little, a little bit. So let's segue to plane ticket pricing for a minute because uh, new research sheds some light on a lot of the, the so-called hacks that have been touted to help us to save when it comes to flights, when it comes to airfare. Some actually work, but many of them don't. So, for instance, buying on a Tuesday, uh, that's been one recommendation maybe that you've seen floating around the internet that's lingered, or using incognito mode uh, in order to fool the algorithm, uh, because sometimes folks were thinking, well, if I visit it and I search the flights, the next time I come back to actually book it, it's going to know I'm back and they're Uh going to charge me more. Bump it up by 20 bucks. Evidently, these have no real impact. This is according to the folks over at the Haas Business School. That's at Cal Berkeley. So... Our advice, use just something basic like Google Flights. There are plenty of different flight comparison sites, but Google Flights is amazing. Make sure that you check out Southwest.com. Make sure that you're getting their fare alerts. Because again, Southwest fares do not get input in Google Flights. So if you want to actually look at the the whole broad market of airfares and Southwest being one of the best discount airlines, you want to look at Google Flights and Southwest. And if you know you've got a bunch of travel coming up as well, make sure that you are looking at the companion pass. That's not something we've talked about uh, recently, but that gives you unlimited flights for a companion to come along with you, right? Mm -hmm. It's, It's so much better than, for instance, the Delta Companion Pass, where it's yeah. good for a single flight. Unlimited flights for the rest of that year and all of the uh, the next year. Yeah. But then more than anything else, too, just being a bit more flexible when it comes to your travel, which is, of course, going to be difficult, say, for a family with kids, and oftentimes you're tied to that school calendar. If you're going to take a flight, if you're flying somewhere over Thanksgiving, well, it's hard to be flexible on your dates. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but when it comes to other travel zig while other people are zagging essentially right like you can you still have options available to you so if you're looking at summer travel look at the very beginning of that essentially look at the shoulder season look at the very beginning look at the very end as opposed to booking something smack dab right in the middle of summer over july 4th when everybody wants to go see their family yeah yeah no and and we're usually kind of we prefer 
uh, airline agnostic travel cards. So if you're looking to get points or something to use for some of those trips, the Capital One Venture X and the Chase Sapphire Preferred are two of the best. The only exception being if Southwest is in your market, the Southwest card, because of the easier redemption of those points and because of the potential to get that companion pass, Matt, that elevates that above the other airline cards shoulders above significantly, the rest. right? Mm-hmm. So, and, and if you're curious about how to get the best travel card for you, well, you can go to our website, howtomoney.com. There is the, the credit card tool. Just click on that in the upper right-hand corner. It makes It's like an easy way to filter and find the best credit card for you. But we've got more uh, to get to on this episode, of course, Matt. We got to talk about a, a recent ruling and how that could impact and upset the apple cart in the real estate in- industry. Could, in a good way. In a good way for hopefully. consumers, a bad way for realtors. We'll talk <laughs> about that and more right after this. I think there are a lot of folks who start small businesses and they're surprised at the amount of behind the scenes, the admin type work that they're not all that thrilled about getting your books together with uh, with some final figures so that you can file your corporate taxes. For instance, that's something we've been in the middle of, but it can really gum up the gears, potentially keeping you from doing the work you love. If this is you, you should know these three numbers. Thirty seven thousand. 25 and 1. That's right. Yeah, 37,000, that's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And one, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs, key performance indicators, in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow, all in one place. There's a lot of power in the simplification of having all that information in one place. Helps you make better decisions. That's right. And right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash howtomoney. That's netsuite.com slash howtomoney to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash howtomoney. So we've mentioned on the show how we've got a Dominican trip coming up. We're going to celebrate, Joel, you and Emily. You're both turning 40 this year, so we're doing it upright. And a lot of listeners, they might have trips of their own planned. And sometimes those vacations can get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? Yeah, that's right. Why let it sit empty when it can be earning extra income on your behalf? It's a smart and practical thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you have some extra space in your home. Maybe you have a whole house to host. Or maybe you're going on vacation and your home is just going to be sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got two options. You can either let it just sit there empty, or you can do some optimizing and make some money off of it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home, it might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. And now a word from the show sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. 
Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. We are back from the break. It's time now for our ludicrous headline of the week. This one's from CNBC, and the headline reads, Credit scores hit an all-time high, even though households are falling deeper into debt. And we talked about credit limits just before the break, but this is just another sign of how backwards the credit scoring industry truly is. It's difficult to imagine. It's hard to fathom how credit scores are rising. That report showed that the average score is now 718. It's up by... A lot of points. Which is great. Over the past 10 that's, years. That's good yeah. news. This should be the, the three-digit number that reflects how people are doing, how folks are handling their finances, yet their debt loads are going up. But of course, the system, it was not created to make sense. It doesn't penalize you for not paying your balance in full. And in fact, by making a minimum payment, that is positive information that is sent over to the credit bureau. As long as you are making that payment on time, they're perfectly happy for yeah. you to not <laughs> pay off that balance. They don't care about the in full thing, which you and I talk about. They just care about the on time. Exactly. And so like what, the, I mean, truly what that means is as long as you could rack up, I guess, as long as it's not more than say 20% of your credit utilization, that's what we talked about. You know, we talked about that factor of your credit score before the break, but you could spend a bunch of money on that card and let's just say, stop spending on it altogether. And then just only make minimum payments on that card until you actually pay that thing off. And you would like see 20 years later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you would only see your credit score going up. Your credit score is certainly important, but this is an instance where you don't want the tail to wag the dog. Don't become so focused on your credit score that you don't real that you forget why is that we even have the show, which is for you to have more money to be able to choose how to yeah. save, spend and give it away. Yeah. Yeah. Pay attention to it, but take it with a grain of salt because it's a, uh, like you said, it's kind of backwards. Uh, it's if I was if we were starting over from scratch, which I would love to see, like we would do away with kind of how opaque and silly some of the metrics are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In, in other lame credit news, the credit bureaus continue to suck at their jobs. This is something Matt, you and I harp on occasionally um, every every few months or so because one of the credit bureaus has done something horrific to to baffle us and Yet to again. harm consumers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so th- this is a pattern we see regularly. TransUnion now, uh, it's time for them to get their due. They have failed to place credit freezes quickly after the request has been made. That's according to the New York Times reporting this week. And so some requests didn't get processed for days. Others took months and even years for TransUnion to finally complete. So you're on your computer, you're clicking around like, boom, uh, freeze your credit. Should happen in mere seconds, right? Well, nope. not a TransUnion, <laughs> at least, right? And this is this was putting consumers who thought they were safe at real risk. And the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau didn't take this lightly. They accused the Bureau of lying to consumers. TransUnion now has to pay a, a what I, I think is a minuscule settlement where they don't, they don't have to admit any wrongdoing, which is always the case mm-hmm. in these things, which is so infuriating. It's like, no, I just paid $8 million in a settlement because we didn't do anything wrong. It's like, well, who does that then? Like, uh, the fact that they don't have to ever admit wrongdoing publicly is the shadiest thing in the history of shady. Uh, but I guess this begs the question, should you freeze your credit? The answer is yes, absolutely, you should. And hopefully TransUnion is going to reform their ways. But uh, and, and the bureaus are awful, right? Their credit scoring system sucks. They're bad at actually following through on the things that they're legally obligated to do. But uh, it's it's the game we're all stuck playing for the time being. Yep. And just because TransUnion 
doesn't know their rear end from a hole in the ground doesn't mean you shouldn't be freezing your credit and hoping against hope that they actually follow through and do it. Yeah, and especially given how, so you're talking about the the, the fee that they had to pay. You see millions of dollars and you're, and you're like, oh, that's a, that's a ton of money. Until you look at what their actual revenue is, uh, TransUnion well, specifically, and well, I looked it let up. Let me guess, they earned that in about two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, basically. It's something like, like half of 1% of their annual revenues I believe is, is what they have to pay. Yeah. As opposed to, with this being at the core of what it is that they provide, it's like in my mind, it's literally the one thing that's supposed to do. It's like if you get a new roof installed in your house and then, oh no, it just leaks constantly. It was like, <laughs> that's the one thing I wanted it to actually do. Yeah. And the dismissal and the casual nature that it seems that TransUnion is able to just walk away from this is baffling. Yeah, it really is. It's it's basically, though, because this is a, a free product federally guaranteed to us through legislation, and they don't make a dime. So if it came to one of their proprietary products, like a credit lock or something like that, you better believe they're oh, going to sure. get right on that because you pay them 30 bucks a month oh, yeah. or something like that to actually do it. But when it comes to the credit freeze, which is... which they don't make a cent from this is of course something that they're gonna they're gonna take their time on and they're not gonna care about very much and it's even more frustrating given that i think of all the three bureaus transunion they've got the slickest interface when it comes to the products that they're offering they've got they've got the nice website they've got the proprietary products they've got the the portal and where you log in you create an account and you've got all these other bells and whistles but of course they don't do the the one thing that the government is requiring them to do exactly and by the way if you're kind of wondering well what is a credit freeze how do i freeze my credit why is this so important? Why are Matt and Joel talking about it? We'll put an article in the show notes where I kind of detail everything and I walk you through exactly how to go about freezing your credit with each of the three bureaus. It It's really important. Um, and, and that's why it's so frustrating that TransUnion is just like completely out to lunch on this one. But let's let's move on, Matt, to uh, other nefarious things. The uh, <laughs> This is collusion essentially by the National Association of Realtors to keep the costs that you pay, the transaction costs uh, for real estate, sky high. And it took a, a Kansas City jury very little time to come to a conclusion, a conclusion that we came to a long time ago, that the National Association of Realtors has conspired to keep these fees inflated for decades. And we've talked about this before on the show, uh, but now something might actually get done thanks to thanks to this case and a couple others that are that are currently in the legal system about the absurd commissions that realtors are able to obtain because the system is so flawed. And uh, some predictions are saying that we could see a 30% reduction in fees in no time flat if this ruling holds up, which is not great for realtors, uh, but it's amazing for consumers. We might even see more realtors offering their services for a flat fee or for an hourly rate, which are both great options for people to be able to actually pick and choose how who they work with and and paying someone for their advice or based on you know the time spent instead of just that flat fee percentage. And so, you know, we, we know we're paying what we're paying for almost everything else up front in life. When you go to McDonald's, you know, the Big Mac is 6.99 or something. I don't know, they're probably more expensive than that. I've seen some stories about how expensive McDonald's is. It's been a while I mean, for me. Big Mac meals like $18 in some locations. Oh, in some, yeah. Like that. yeah. Yeah, I saw that, <laughs> which, seen which, that, which is frightening. But at least you know what you're paying before you actually get into it. If you ordered and then they told you how much you were going to have to pay and you were locked into that, that would be a frightening thing, right? And so what we pay a real estate agent when we're buying or selling a home should be more transparent too. And like I said, the, the National Association of Realtors faces even further litigation on this, more cases coming to the courts. So we'll be talking about this more and more in the months to come. But this is already good news. I think uh, I think it's going to upend this model that's been in existence for far too long. Absolutely. Yeah. And the way I look at it, 
I actually don't mind the commission. It's just that the commission is so stinking high. In my mind, it makes sense that somebody who's working on a like a really, really stinking nice house, like should they get paid the same flat amount that they would for a house like on the complete other side of town? I get it. Like I get that there might be more work involved when it comes to but there could showing be fancier properties. Tears of a flat fee. It doesn't have to be sure. yeah, a you, percentage necessarily. Tears makes sense. But then you start kind of arriving, like I guess, at that sliding scale where there's like a, a continuum. Again, I'm not a fan of paying 6% <laughs> of the sale of a home. I mean, that, that's insane. I think the median price of a home sold today is like four something like 400 450 something yeah, like that 415 I so think like you're you're talking at least at like $25,000 that you are paying to a realtor that seems ridiculous and oftentimes it's something that doesn't require necessarily a ton of work i know that there are, there are some realtors out there that work really stinking hard of course but i also know lots of lots and lots of deals that happened in the course of a week, right. basically, not, I mean, not even a few messages go back and forth and they're just there <laughs> for the closing. Does that warrant five figures for that one deal? Ah, personally, I, you know, I don't, I don't think so. But the actual commission model I'm fine with. But maybe like, let's just see instead of six percent, let's what if it was four percent. Right. Maybe each realtor is making two percent. Well, and this is what a, a, a platform like Redfin has been trying to do is trying to reduce the cost of commissions. I think we're going to see Redfin become more and more competitive. I think we're going to see yeah. more models like that. And, and hopefully we're going to see competition in the, the space. The fact that there's competition is causing the NRA to have to yes. react. And, At, and that's in AR, by the way, in yeah. AR <laughs> more than it would the National Rifle Association. <laughs> a whole different well, industry. Well, don't you guys get into this. Yeah. <laughs> but either way, it's a good thing, the fact that this is something that's being discussed, something yeah. that's actually being being taken to court. I completely agree. And I think, again, we're going to see a lot of these competing models springing up. As, uh, instead of the de facto 6%, which is eating into yeah. profits so and the money. equity of your home when you sell, or it's you know it's eating into the buyer. Like it, It's a big chunk of change taken out of it. And again, you and I, we talk all the time. We value realtors highly. Great realtors are worth their weight in gold. They're just not worth 3%. Like, and so we just need to change the model and make it more market-based. Right now, it's not. All right. So another another group of maybe semi-nefarious folks, the big banks. Uh, turns out they've been making bank at your expense. This is... Of course, always been the case, <laughs> but the big brick and mortar, the legacy banks, they've never offered competitive rates. It just mattered a whole lot less a couple of years ago when rates uh, on high yield savings accounts were kind of laughable at just like half a percent. And the latest data shows that the big banks just saw their net interest income increase by 30% in Q3. This is year over year. Uh, and the reason for this is because as rates have risen, right, so interest rates, the big banks, they've raised their rates on credit cards and on mortgages, but they haven't really increased their payouts uh, when it comes to savers, what it is that they're giving back to you. One of our favorite banks, CIT, they're offering rates north of 5%. But crazily enough, most folks, they are not taking advantage of these higher rates. And so if that's you, I think a good question is to ask yourself, why? Like, why are you not considering some of these other banks if it's because, oh, this is the, this is the first bank I got when I was a teenager. Okay. It's time for a new you. It's a, <laughs> it's a new era. It's, it's time for you to start making money on on the money that you have in your in your savings. And account. just because you pass that Wells Fargo on the way to work every day and it warms your heart, 
the opposite if, should happen if it does right <laughs> like, oh but there's always that the, i can go in and talk to somebody but the the, the reality is in, in modern day life most of us don't need that i can't tell you the last That's not time a good reason to I, go with one of the big banks yeah, i can't tell you the last time i actually ventured forth into no. a physical branch location but it, i think some folks also think that the bigger banks are safer right, right? And, and we so we saw this when the when some of the medium-sized banks were collapsing and and even experts in our field joel like folks who are really into finance we're saying this is a reason why you want to stick with one of the big banks, which blew my mind that they yeah. were even saying that because, hello, FDIC insurance, as long as you have a bank that's FDIC insured, it is just as safe as, you know, the massive banks that have the vast majority of Americans wealth yeah. and, and, uh, or at least savings sitting there, and there. When I saw that number, I want to say it was like only 20 percent of folks are earning more than three percent in their savings. Something crazy like that. It's insane. And so it makes me think. How how much have we talked about this? But how few people are actually taking the advice? No, oh, yeah, and doing the thing. The big the big names still have all the yeah, money. Exactly. And so, like, I think a lot of folks might be hearing this, and they're like, "Guys, yeah, I've I've been with Ally, or I've been with CIT, I've I've been with one of the good guys for for years now." But based on the data, there are still a tr- there's a tremendous number of folks. Maybe who it's 50, have not made the switch. Fifty fifty of folks listening to this episode, uh, listen to this episode, listen to this podcast, but. The fifty percent of folks listening who haven't done it need to do it because uh, yes. we're talking we're talking about leaving hundreds and hundreds of dollars on the table and just doing uh, you're doing business with a much crummier institution until you switch. All right, and by the way, the toughest part about ditching a bank isn't typically because there's this loving relationship there. <laughs> the it's it's the annoyance of having to move everything over. I totally get that. Well, the CFPB we talked about them earlier, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Interestingly enough is about to propose a rule that could make switching banks a whole lot easier. They want banks to make it uh, simpler for you to send banking transaction data from one bank or credit union to another. Because, of course, that is the barrier that causes so many people to stay put. And we'll, we'll let you know if this proposal gets finalized, but this would be a big win for consumers and hopefully a gargantuan loss for the biggest banks who are banking, pun intended, Matt, on mm-hmm. inertia bias from you. That is actually what happens. Most people stay put, not because they're in love with the bank that they do business with, but just because they're like, eh, should I? Do I need to? I probably won't. I'm going to go play pickleball instead or whatever. Yeah. You know, And so it, it's. I'm hoping that there's a system created that makes it easy to funnel all your stuff to a new bank uh, and, and that you're not having to manually input uh, all, all that data again and all your bill pay and blah, 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 blah. That would make it a lot simpler for folks. Mm, that's right. All right. Bad news for budgeters. The longest standing, most popular budgeting app out there, I think they've got something like 3.6 million monthly active users. It's going away. The uh, the folks over at Intuit, they are shutting down Mint. Mm. They're uh, Joel shedding a tear over here. Uh, they're rolling <laughs> some. Of the, I mean, I've been using it for ten plus years, man. Yeah. So some of the features evidently are going to get rolled into uh, one of their other assets, Credit Karma. Uh, it seems like they're trying to create like a super app. They're taking Elon Musk's wishes for X seriously because he's trying to <laughs> <laughs> trying to make it the, the super app. Now it's going to be this Credit Karma X head to head match. Yeah. So we'll see if this actually ends up panning out well but mint is going to be a relic of the past come january 1st and if you are an avid mint user then now is a good time to start at least kicking the tires on some of the other options out there why nab you need a budget that's tops in our book but there are plenty of others out there uh folks in the how to money facebook group have been sharing their favorite budgeting apps every dollar tiller copilot these are all fantastic options out there not to mention just straight up Microsoft Excel, that's that's what I've been rolling for close to 15 years right. now. Excel, Sheets, those are, of course, all options as well if you want to do a more manual DIY budgeting approach. For sure, yeah, but 
pour one out for my homie Mint because that's been a good service for a long time. And I don't, Intuit I don't, gobbled them up, and now they're putting it out to pasture. I feel like it was a little knife <laughs> in the back there from Intuit, but uh, it's okay. As long, and I'm hoping that credit, I love Credit Karma already. Yeah, Credit Karma's great. Great site. So I'm hoping that the Credit Karma Mint combo, mintifying Credit Karma, maybe, maybe does make it a one-stop shop and a place for me to turn for budgeting, tracking, and simultaneously knowing more and, and seeing what's going on with my credit. But we'll, we'll keep you up to speed on that. And uh, best of luck finding a new budgeting app if you're a Mint user. But uh, Matt, that's going to do it for this episode. Right. And, and oh, by the way, I think we will kind of put more information about that in our newsletter on Tuesday. If you're not subscribed to the How to Money newsletter, make sure you go do that. We'll have kind of a, a roundup and descriptions of some of those budgeting apps that you might be interested in. So, so, so check you, that out. You can go digging on your own or you can head over to howtomoney.com forward slash newsletter. Make sure you are signed up and you will have that information delivered directly to you. That's right. All right, man. That'll be it for this episode. Until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Upswell Marketing would like to remind listeners that most people don't belong to two gyms. They don't see two dentists or trust two auto repair shops. So when customers choose your small business over your competitors, they're really choosing you. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads. And in fact, that formula and media mix has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. And new customers receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com.